and welcome back to Noah's Window. As we're in the week leading up to Christmas, we were talking about some Messianic prophecies this week. And uh, yesterday we were talking about the virgin birth, and today I thought we would talk about some specific prophecies that concern the lineage of the Messiah. So we know from Genesis chapter 49 that the prophecy was that the Messiah was going to come through the tribe of Judah. So if you're not familiar, um, you know, we, if you go back to Genesis, we'll be talking about this in book by book at the first of the year. Right. If you go back to Genesis, God called Abraham and said, I'm going to send the Messiah through you. So there's Abraham, his son, Isaac, Isaac's son, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Right. And uh, Jacob had 12 sons, and there's where you have the 12 tribes of Israel. And on his deathbed, God used him to prophesy that the scepter would not depart from Judah, which is really interesting because at that point in time, they're in Egypt. They are a family that's displaced from their homeland. They don't have a king. They're not even a nation. They're just a family. So this definitely was a prophecy for the future. But... Um, we know that God prophesied that the, the uh, Messiah would come through the tribe of Judah. And then later we have the prophecy that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David, who God made king. And, um, and I want you to talk about this, but I wanted to share something. We were talking a little bit off camera because there's several places we could go to. We could go to 2 Samuel 7, 1 Chronicles 17. But I want to share with you a passage in the book of Psalms, chapter 89, um, because, again, this is reiterating that covenant. So God says, I will preserve an heir for him, speaking of David. His throne will be as endless as the days of heaven. And jumping down to verse 34, and again, we're in Psalm 89. Uh, God says, no, I will not break my covenant. He's talked about if the people were disobedient. He said, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever." His kingdom will endure as the sun. It will be as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. That's really powerful, don't you think? Well, it is, and I know where you're going with that to some degree, because in a lot of modern so-called Christianity today, there is a popular strain that says that God no longer is in a covenant relationship with Israel. Israel disobeyed, therefore God broke the covenant. And it's become a kind of go-to place for a lot of these sort of um, what I would call postmodern Christians right now, especially with what's going on with Israel. It, it, it's an opportunity for them to kind of pile on Israel without, yes. you know, in their minds without being untrue to the Bible because they could say, well, God has changed his views of Israel and so-called modern Israel is not the Israel of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, the scriptures that you read just crush that whole idea because God is saying, I will never break my covenant. They may be unfaithful, Mm -hmm. but I will never break my covenant. And by the way, every covenant that God's ever made with human beings, those human beings have proven unfaithful, either in small part or large part. I mean, God made a covenant with Abraham, but you know, Abraham had his issues. He had his Mm -hmm. lapses of faith, but God never failed to keep his promise. And so indeed you're right. That promise is still in effect but i i do love all the prophecies about the first coming of jesus you know you can't talk about what happened at bethlehem without prophecy because Mm -hmm. there are so many prophecies as you pointed out a couple of them in the old testament that talk about the coming of the messiah and we learned about simeon and anna you know Mm -hmm. who are waiting at the temple when jesus the baby jesus is brought in by his parents and they were waiting for 
I remember I memorized everything in the King James, waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, they were waiting for God to keep his promise about sending a Messiah. Which we're going to talk about tomorrow. That's right. So, you know, if you go back to the Old Testament, there are a whole bunch of those prophecies. We talked about the virgin birth in Genesis 3.15 and Isaiah 7.14. Uh, we know that he was his birth was going to be associated with a star, uh, Numbers twenty four seventeen. Um, we know that he was going to be born in Bethlehem, uh, Micah five two. So you have all these verses that foretell the coming of Jesus. We're going to talk about that later. This that's week. right, right. So focusing in on the lineage and the kingship, the throne, the ruler. Why is that still important today? Because right now there is no king in Israel. Mm -hmm. But there are still some future events coming, right? Well, there has been no king, uh, descendant of David, since uh, 586 B.C. So we're working on now uh, 2,500 plus years where there has not been a descendant of King David on the throne. But we know from what we have in the New Testament now, because the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus, the person we know of is Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, is the descendant of King David who will rule on the throne. We know that. New Testament makes that very clear. What we're waiting for now is we're waiting for the fulfillment of the prophecies of his second coming when he will right. rule on, that's on so, the throne. See, I think that's so important. Going back to what we talked about earlier, because the people who want to replace um, Israel with something else or someone else have a real hard time with all the prophecies of Jesus coming back to rule and reign. Mm -hmm. and, and as you always say, they put adapter kits on a lot of things. But they have to deny the scripture that says Jesus is going to come back and rule and reign from Jerusalem, as we talked about last week. All of that is in the future, but it speaks to that original prophecy that the king, the ruler, the Messiah, came through the, the tribe of Judah, the lineage of David, and that's still true. That's still Jesus, and he is coming back. Now, the, the revisionists want to say that um, uh, we're gonna that we're gonna make the world better and better and better and better until someday we invite Jesus. Well, this is a popular belief system, uh, especially with replacement theology, which was prevalent after the reformers. But the idea is that, and, and, and it doesn't make any sense today, and I can't believe that anybody in their right mind would possibly believe this, but if you go back to the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, we had all these inventions, and we had these missionary organizations that were expanding throughout the world. The idea was the church was going to get bigger and bigger, and Christians were going to get more effective, and the world was going to get better and better and better. I mean, if you've ever studied World War I, uh, you know, Woodrow Wilson was a big proponent of this. He was a Christian man, but he was a big proponent of this idea. It's why he was wanting to bring in the League of Nations, because the idea was, we're going to bring in the kingdom. We're just going to make the world better and better and better, and then Jesus is finally going to come down and say, well, okay, you guys have done a good job. I guess I'll come rolling right. Which, of course, flies in the face of, so it will be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. That doesn't that doesn't. Well, jump. no, I mean, you just have to ignore so many, you know, so many scriptures. But, of course, that viewpoint fell into disfavor. Uh, when World War I was not the war to end all wars, and just a couple of decades later, or less than a couple of decades later, we were already in World War II, and then Korea, and then, you know, on and on. And that's where we see the resurgence of what we know of as premillennial theology, which I would just call Bible theology, which is the rapture and the yes. coming of Jesus. And so I have a hard time believing that anybody today would lapse back into that, but it's become popular, especially yes. with a lot of the, a lot of younger pastors. 
um, because clearly the world is not getting better and better no. and the church is not being more effective it's being less effective than it ever was we need Jesus to come and straighten all this out one more thing and I'm gonna do my best to say this I don't know if I can say it the way I feel it in my mind a lot of times we get wrapped up in prophecies of Jesus first coming prophecies of Jesus second coming and that's legitimate and and I teach those things but really the prophecies in the Bible are just about Jesus. Yes. They're, they're, they're the story of Jesus. And so this, the, the story of Bethlehem is also the story of the second coming. Yes. The story yes. of Bethlehem is also the story of the rapture. It's all this, also the story of the kingdom age yes. and the eternal state and the new Jerusalem. It's all the story of Jesus yes. where God has unpacked for us the future. And I love that. And I hope that's what will encourage you today because God is still right on schedule. He hasn't had to tear up his old plan and come up with a new plan. His plan has always been Jesus. And Jesus is coming right on time and he's still going to roll and reign. That's right. And while I'm off on a tangent here, and we didn't plan to talk, talk about this, Marilyn, but to me, one of the very, very special things about Christmas and what we read about the first coming of Jesus in the Bible is we have an opportunity now to look back on something where there were prophecies and there was a fulfillment and God did what he was going to do right on time. Mm -hmm. So we can look back on that now mm -hmm. and we can, we can say to ourselves in these difficult times, the same God who yes. kept his word and brought Jesus the first time right on schedule, he's the same God who will bring Jesus the next time yes. and be right on schedule. Oh, I love that. What's the, you know, you're better at addresses than I am. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. That's in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Thank you. Right. He's always the same, and we can count on that. You know, I love I love what the Lord said here. His his um, his dynasty will go on forever. It's as eternal as the moon, his faithful witness in the sky. It's never going to change. It's never going to change. It's His throne's going to be as endless as the days of heaven. That's the one I, I was yes. hoping you were going to read. Yes. Because think about what that's saying. The kingdom of the Lord is as eternal as the days of heaven, and there's no night there. Yes, and don't have to worry about a new election cycle or any <laughs> of those things. That time is coming, and in the meantime, we just want to rest in that assurance, and we want to be faithful as we represent Him in this world right now, because we do have the message of hope for the future, and that's what this world needs right now is Jesus, because He is the hope for the future. So I hope that encourages you as you go through your Tuesday today. And as we close this morning, Mark, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Our Father God, first of all, thank you for letting us talk to you, someone so great as you, who always keeps His word, who keeps His promises, who is able to do anything. The fact that you would invite us into your presence to speak to you, what a gift. And Lord, we do pray that you would strengthen our hearts with the assurances of your promises. And I pray, God, for anyone today who's going through discouragement or sadness or grief or loss, I pray, Father, that you would make your uh, presence very clear to them today, where they would feel the assurance of your promises that you always keep your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us again today and hope you're enjoying these days. We're, we're having a good time talking right. about what's really important about Christmas and hope that your family's having a wonderful time. And we love you guys and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. That's right. We'll see you very soon. God bless.